RNZ Pacific News, Maloni. I'm Siamanu Tevam Tafei. Nine MPs in Tonga have advised their Prime Minister, Huoka Vemeliku Siosi Sovaleni, and his Foreign Minister, Fekita Utoi Kamanu, to relinquish their ministerial portfolios in respect to the wishes of King Tupol VI. All nine MPs are noble representatives elected to government by Tonga's chiefs and lords. It comes nearly a month after a letter from King Tupo withdrawing his confidence in the ministerial portfolios of the PM and his foreign minister with no reason given. Donga's PM has maintained the ministerial portfolios. Huakava Meliku was asked to respond today. A vote of no confidence in Papua New Guinea's Prime Minister, James Marape, is set to be heard on May 29th. The opposition bloc stands by the motion filed on February 20th, despite discrepancies raised by the Private Business Committee. Opposition MP Keith Iduhu says in their view there are no issues with the paper, despite the Prime Minister rubbishing it and accusing the opposition of forging names. If the committee or the chair decides to tamper with the motion or deal with it in a manner other than contemplated by the Supreme Court, Section 23 of the Constitution will be invoked and punitive measures will be sought from the courts thereafter. Mr Idihu says penalties to the tune of 10 years imprisonment are possible. RNZ Pacific understands the acting speaker and private business committee would be impacted if this is the case. Meanwhile, Transparency International in Papua New Guinea says the abuse of Parliament's processes undermines public confidence and feeds corruption. TIPNG says all MPs are ultimately accountable to the people of PNG. Don Wiseman has more. The watchdog says undermining democratic processes not only erodes public trust but hinders the country's progress. It says the refusal of the acting speaker to allow a motion for a vote against the Prime Minister James Murape, followed by an adjournment until May, raises serious questions. The TI chair, Peter Aitze, says the motion's a fundamental tool within the parliamentary system, allowing MPs to hold the executive accountable. He says denying it without due process is an affront to the democratic rights of both the opposition and the people. Mr Aitze says it perpetuates a culture of impunity and weakens the already fragile checks and balances within the government, fueling an environment rife to corrupt behaviour. New Caledonia's nickel crisis has prompted a call for a state of economic urgency. In the north of the main island, Glencore is withdrawing from the venture. The whole site is being placed in care and maintenance. In the south of the main island, a subsidiary of French giant Eremit recently had to be bailed out by a French government loan to avoid an ominous bankruptcy. The other southern plant is also trying to keep its head above water and reconstructing its stock to allow a major industrial partner to invest. New Zealand's fledgling sheep milk industry has hit problems because the market in China has dried up. Maui Milk, one of New Zealand's two key sheep milk companies, has told its 13 Waikato suppliers to stop milking. Just two years ago, Maui Milk was confidently expanding operations, milking about 13,000 specially bred milking sheep. It had been selling high-end infant formula into the Chinese market through the Daigo channel. 
an informal selling network, but since the COVID pandemic, that option is no longer working. Maui Milk's chief executive, Greg Hamill, says the company is working with suppliers on options for the 2024-25 season. Also in Aotearoa, a cabinet paper says there is little evidence that mandating an hour day of maths, reading and writing will improve children's achievement. It also warns that performance drops as teaching time increases. Our education correspondent, John Gerritsen, reports. The Education Ministry advice to Education Minister Erica Stanford says mandating an average of an hour a day of maths, reading and writing could have a positive impact. It says most schools already reach the requirement, but it will ensure children don't miss out because they're at a school that doesn't teach the subjects often enough. The paper says there's little research about the effect of mandated teaching hours, although a study in Italy has found improved achievement in maths, but not language. In world news, health officials in Gaza have blamed Israeli forces for the killing of more than 100 Palestinians who were among crowds which had converged on a food aid convoy on the edge of Gaza City. An Israeli military has acknowledged its soldiers opened fire at one point but insists most of those killed were either trampled in the rush to get to the supplies or were run over by the aid trucks. This man was at the scene. After they stopped shooting, we went back to get our aid. By the time I got flour and some canned goods and took it down from the truck, they shot at us. They shot me and the truck driver left and ran over my leg. The Gaza Health Ministry says 112 people died and 700 were injured. The U.S. President Joe Biden is in Texas, where he and Donald Trump, his likely challenger in this year's president election, are making competing visits to address the surge in illegal border crossings from Mexico. Record migration has become a top concern for U.S. voters. The BBC's Tom Bateman reports. What we've seen since the pandemic is a big jobs gap opening up in the US, which has an ageing population. That creates a pull factor for people to come and fill those jobs in the US economy. But of course, we are seeing a global movement of people these days that hasn't been seen on a scale since the Second World War with growing conflict, instability and the effects of climate change. So that is all pushing people towards this border. The problem is Mr Biden has really been unable to get a grip on it through the existing mechanisms. In sport, Ofa Tsoonga Fasi is back in the Blues team for the first time this Super Rugby season and the All Blacks are propers expecting a tough battle from the Highlanders tonight in Melbourne. He and blindside Akira Ioane returned to the starting lineup. Centre Rico Ioane and halfback Finlay Christie are on All Blacks rest week and have been left out. Tuanga Fassi says the Highlanders were impressive in their first up win over Moana Pacifica. They've got a good pack, but also a great back line. And, um, you know, the Highlanders' DNA, they love running rugby and also they mind the set piece. So uh, it'll be a, a good game. All teams are playing in Melbourne this weekend as part of the Super Round. 
Super Rugby Opiki players have had an extended pre-season, but for one coach it's not long enough. The competition itself has been elongated and is now seven weeks in duration, with the four teams playing each other twice before the top two sides face off in a grand final. The Chiefs Manawa coach Crystal Kawa says it's a great to have more games, but she's calling on New Zealand rugby to increase the 16-day pre-season. Not even a club rugby team gets a window that short to prep for a competition. We have 16 days to prepare athletes to scrum, to go full live into contact and to play the best women in the country. I don't know any other team in rugby, especially at a semi-professional level anywhere in the world that does that. And our NASA footballer Cristiano Ronaldo has been banned for one match for provoking fans following the Saudi Pro League win over Al-Shabaab. Al-Shabaab supporters chanted Messi, Ronaldo's long-term rival Lionel Messi, after the 3-2 defeat with Ronaldo cupping his hand to his ear and making a gesture to the fans. That's your latest RNZ Pacific News and Sport. For more stories, go to rnzi.com.